You're listening to Workplace Matters. As the country begins to reopen, there are changes that must be made to every workplace in order to maintain the safety and health of employees during the pandemic. We talked with Rich Gassman about what steps employers should be taking and how these steps should be communicated to employees. Before discussing what reopening looks like, it's important to understand when to reopen at all. The best way to know this is by communicating with state and local officials. They will have the most accurate information about when it is safe to resume business. Once a business opens, there should be prepared measures in place to maintain the health and safety of all employees. Throughout this whole thing, our our number one priority has been keeping our, our people safe. Rich Gassman is the Director of Safety and Compliance for Engineering Services and Products Company in Dyersville, Iowa. You know, we have uh, people here all across all age groups. You know, we want to just make sure that we're, we're watching out for them. Um, our VP of Operations has made that explicitly clear. And he's given, you know, one of the things that I'm blessed with is he's given us the opportunity and the ability to do these things. You know, he says if it needs to be done, then we do it. Rich's business was considered essential and has not shut down. He and his company have implemented various strategies to continue safe operations. We knew this was going to had the potential to be uh, problematic. We started purchasing. We started purchasing some PPE just to make sure that we had it. Uh, started purchasing some uh, cleaning supplies to make sure that that we were covered along those lines. Immediately, we started cleaning more. Uh, we had our cleaning staffs uh, go out and clean and sanitize a whole lot more than what they were doing before. Not that they weren't doing a good job before, but we wanted to make sure we had everything covered. We have a fairly strict attendance policy and we relaxed that. We shut down all of our face-to-face meetings. All meetings now are, for the most part, are done through Zoom. Uh, we restricted travel between our buildings, so there's four main buildings on our campus. We put the policy in place that if you have to go to one of the, if you're assigned to a certain building and you need to go to another building, you have to wear a mask to be able to do that. We discouraged that travel, uh, but folks like myself, maintenance, those types of folks did have to go, you know, get out and see those other buildings. So we put those policies in place. We fairly quickly went to telecommuting. So we have about 28 of our people right now that are at home working from home. Uh, mostly customer service, procurement, Um, logistics, all the folks that could work at home. We do have a retail facility here. Uh, We close that right away. No customers are allowed into our uh, retail store right now. A couple of the other things that we did, uh, we closed our break rooms. Uh, We just didn't want people gathering in our break rooms. We shut the coffee makers off because that tended to be a focal point. Uh, We did leave the microwave ovens in there. We were a little worried early on with some of the shortages at grocery stores that people wouldn't have access to, you know, ready to eat meals. So we wanted them to have something where they could heat their food up. But we, we required social distancing when we did that. Many of the changes made were to increase the ability to social distance during work. Employees wore PPE as needed and increased the cleaning and disinfecting of surfaces. All of these strategies are recommended by the CDC. Before returning to work, the logistics of implementing these recommendations must be planned out for every business. Have clear policies and procedures which outline how to maintain social distancing, PPE, and disinfecting until public health officials recommend otherwise. The CDC has created a Resuming Business Toolkit to help with this process, and it will be linked in the description of this episode. We do have a pandemic response plan. If, if something happens, if we get a positive test here, there's a plan on what we're going to do and how we're going to clean that up. Um, you know, we're going to follow CDC and IDPH guidelines. 
Um, there's a, a team that has all the PPE. We have PPE pre, pre ready um, for when these things, ha if this thing ever happens to us, then we'll, uh, we'll respond very, very quickly. With those types of plans, it's hard to cover all bases but we want to make sure that we know that con continuity of, uh, uh, you know, if our VP of operations uh, gets sick, what do we do? Who's next in line? And just, you know, following that chain of command that we need to be able to do. Um, you know, at what point do we, you know, do we shut facilities down? Uh, those types of things are the things that we're looking at. We, we had it the other day, we had somebody that, that called in sick. Um, right away, there's that fear of, oh my gosh, they have, uh, COVID-19, what do we do? Um, people know what our plan is. If there is if there is a positive case here, they will know what we're going to do. That's helped a lot. Have a pandemic response plan and communicate it to all employees. Having a plan ensures employees know what to do if someone in the workplace tests positive. Beyond having PPE ready and establishing a chain of command, CDC recommends cross-training employees to do essential functions in case the employees who normally are responsible for those functions test positive. Determine how to operate if there are absenteeism spikes and always have an open line of communication between employees and employers. Uh, the other thing that's been really important to us is maintaining that clear line of communication. We found out early just how fast the grapevines in factories can move. Um, you know, probably the first two to three weeks, most of my job was walking around just calming the fears. Um, this is what happened, uh, you know, just clarifying the, the uh, circumstances that we're in and reassuring everybody that it's okay to feel this way. Uh, you know, we in the management team feel the same way. We're worried about this. You know, I have elderly parents. Um, you know, we understand and we want to be here for you. But what we're still seeing, if somebody calls in sick today, you know, there's that little bit of panic. Oh my, did they, you know, why are they sick? Uh, we are asking our folks to uh, uh, disclose that information if they if they can. Uh, let us know that they tested positive, they were around somebody that was, you know, that's whole self-disclosure that CDC recommends. Um, so it's been, and it's been working, you know, fairly well for us so far. You know, my role has changed significantly through this. Uh, I mean, we still do our safety, we still do our health, but it's mostly COVID-19 related things right now. Uh, and my goal is to spend 80% of my time on the plant floor, and that's what I do. I'm just out talking to people, making sure they feel good about and confident that they can, can be here safely. Maintaining communication between management and employees is crucial. It helps make workers feel more protected, makes it easier for employees to come forward if they feel sick or if someone in their family feels sick. And everyone better understands the policies and procedures established to protect workers from COVID-19. CDC has outlined recommendations for all types of businesses. Those recommendations, as well as other employer best practices, will be linked in the description of this episode. The biggest thing that I could, could tell another employer is transparency. And just maintain that open line of communication. Workplace Matters is supported by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. To listen to more podcasts, view our ongoing video series, or for more information about us, visit healthierworkforcecenter.org. Thank you.